Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. As we reflect on the season, what does success look like if you took wins and losses and you put that to the side for a second? I did that, and it was really about the foundation that we built this year. Gordon with the pick. I know that we're in a healthier situation now than we were before, and we're excited about where we're going. Now, it's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Here's Kevin Powell. Episode 62 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I'm Kevin Powell. A whole lot of Bears stuff to get to. The scouting combine is over. The franchise tag deadline has passed. And now we're on to free agency, just a few days away, and the Bears should be very active. A big, big offseason for the Bears, as we know. And uh, around the NFL, too, a lot to get to. A Lamar Jackson situation and Aaron Rodgers. Is he actually going to go to the Jets? I covered it all with Kevin Fishbane from The Athletic. Now joining me on the WGN Radio Football Podcast, Kevin Fishbane covers the Bears for The Athletic, does a great job doing it. You want to start with Northwestern basketball or Bears football, Kevin? <laughs> well, um, I, there's excitement about both, right? You know, when was the last time you could honestly say that people could be this excited about Northwestern basketball and Bears football at the same exact time? I didn't really think about it that way, but uh, I think that is accurate. Go Cats. Uh, let's get to the Bears. There is uh, You were at the Combine. There is uh, the, the buzz and, and excitement around the Bears is real, and it's, it's understandable because of the salary cap space and everything we know and the top overall pick. But right now, as it stands, Kevin, just a few days from, from free agency beginning, what do you think is the most realistic trade as of now in terms of trade partner for the Bears when it comes to that top overall pick? Yeah, I mean, the one that we've talked about a lot is the Indianapolis Colts at number four. And, you know, you can play connect the dots. They need a quarterback. Chris Bowden and Ryan Poles work together in Kansas City. Obviously, Matt Eberflus worked in Indianapolis. Jameer Say from Chicago, you know, as we've seen from his kind of trolling tweets. Uh, it makes a lot of sense, and that way you know, the Bears can stay in the top five if they don't trade back again. I'm really intrigued, though, kept by you know a team like the Carolina Panthers, who are at nine, and just hired Frank Wright. You have this new owner who totally botched their first coaching hire, Matt Rule. Look at the quarterbacks that have been there since David Tepper took over. They've had uh, Cam Newton last year. You know, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Philip Walker. I mean, that's a team that you think wants to really make a splash and draft the guy. Um, do you know? Could they be a type of team that makes that move? And you know, there've been there's always that surprise team. You know, Seattle's kind of talked about it before that Geno contract. Tennessee was that is that new wild card team people are talking about. They've got the new GM. Um, you know, probably time to move on from Ryan Tannehill or at least figure out who's going to be next. So. You know, I think if you're a Bears fan, go ahead and think about all the possibilities. Uh, but right now, I'd probably limit it to Colts and, and, and Carolina. Um, and, and the key is, you know, figure out a way to convince those teams that the other one wants to take that pick and drive up your price. Yeah, and I think Ryan Poles has uh, 
it, at least in my opinion, he's done a good job right now of kind of putting the right message out there. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. If if polls, I mean, look, the, the whole are the Bears going to trade Fields? Should the Bears trade Justin Fields? That narrative has kind of died out, especially since the scouting combine. I I never believe they were even considering trading Justin Fields. I I don't think that would have been a a great decision, especially when it doesn't appear to be a slam dunk quarterback. Not that any quarterback's really slam dunk, but you know what I mean. There's not like an Andrew Luck in this draft. At least we don't believe so. Um, I I never believed the Bears were going to trade that top overall pick. But I think Ryan Poles has done a pretty solid job right now of kind of, you know, leaving that out there. That uh, and leaving some questions on what exactly he might might do. But it is clear he's ready. He's ready to make some moves. And I think that you know he. I think he's excited for this off season and what other teams might uh, be pursuing when it comes to that top overall pick. Yeah, it's been an interesting couple of days to watch the way he's kind of worked the media a little bit. And, um, you know, I guess if you want to be cynical, Kev, like, is he bluffing a little bit? Is he trying to uh, create a market and, and, and see if the team's going to bite? Um, or are those offers really there? I mean, again, I imagine, you know, the, the, the teams are just talking about, like, these, these teams are not, they're not patient anymore. You know, there, there isn't the... After Aaron Rodgers, whatever it was, 24th overall, wait three years and then replace the Hall of Famer or the Hall of Famer, right? That only happens once a millennium. Uh, there isn't the, uh, you saw what Patrick Mahomes, you know, he went fell to 11. That's you know, just not going to happen anymore. Uh, you know, that's why a guy like Anthony Richardson is really interesting to me, right? Because he's somebody who, you know, his college career was fine, but it wasn't, you know, certainly didn't match what, you know, Bryce Young did. But he's got these ridiculous athletic, you know, traits that teams are looking at. You know, that's why Zach Wilson went number two. So, I, you know, when you, when you just look the way he threw the ball as pro day. So, I just like you. You just got to imagine there's going to be that team, if not multiple teams. And and if you're Ryan Poles, it's a big test. You know, he kind of said you said before he's a, he's a good poker player. It's a big test of that. You know, I can tell you just by you know. Uh, you know, from our press conference with him and our dealings with him, he, he can sometimes be a hard guy to read. I, I mean that in a complimentary way. You just, he's just a very focused individual, and, and you know his ultimate goal is building a consistent winner, and not just a team that we've seen the Bears do, where they've had a great year and a bad year, great year and bad year. And you know, part of that is building a team through the draft that can sustain um, some some excellence. That, that that's something that this franchise has had since the '80s. And part of that leverage Ryan Poles has is when when he trades that top overall pick, um, because as we know, especially here in Chicago, front offices can get desperate and get very aggressive near the tra- uh, near the draft and be willing maybe to give up a little bit more. They fall in love with somebody and they want to move up, and all of a sudden there's excitement and we got to go, we got to, you know, let's give up a little, an extra first-round pick, whatever it might be, to move up in the draft. When, when do, you, do you think there's a possibility that a trade uh, could happen sooner, or do you think it's going all the way up to the draft? I mean, it, it certainly seems like something that happened in the next few days before free agency. Um there, you know, Aaron Rodgers is the next domino. Um, Lamar Jackson is at a domino that falls early next week. Um, if a team is going to trade for him, just Jimmy Garoppolo factor in there. You, know, you start to go do this quarterback musical chairs, and then whenever all the veterans are moved around, then you take a look and say, "All right, now who who needs a quarterback?" And that's when you know the team could, if 
certain teams identify, let's say Bryce Young, because um, he does seem like the guy, right? If, if teams have identified him as the best one, you got to go get him. Like you just said, like that's what the you know, the Bears yeah. the Bears picked the wrong guy to go get in 2017, but they went up and got their guy. And the Schmitz, that was a person that that was a player they identified, and they obviously were concerned that somebody else was going to trade with the 49ers, so they made the trade themselves and they got him. Like I had no problem with move right. for the right quarterback. Right. Um, so you know, again, this year's Bears are hoping for a team to do that. I think we've got enough evidence that teams are willing to do that if they. Identify the player. Yeah, the, the, so I think the the kind of timeline markers to keep an eye on are you know, next week is free agency opening and, and trades uh, being able to be you know um, official and how does that affect the better quarterback market? And then the next week you've got Alabama's pro day, you've got Ohio State's pro day, Kentucky's Will Levis. Um, do certain GMs want to see these guys throw again before they really know? And that kind of segue nicely because that following weekend and early that week after that, the last week of March, that's the NFL owners means. Every GM owner and head coach are going to be in Arizona. And, you know, it would be a perfect opportunity to sit down and kind of hash out the terms to a big deal. So those are the things to watch. And then, and then you know, you can get into April and things quiet down a little bit and then you can kind of figure it out. But it really seems like the Bears would love to get it done sooner and then they can just kind of you know, if they let's say they move down on the ninth pick, well, then they go to their bucket of players, as Ryan Pulse does, and they say, all right, here are the guys we're looking at number nine. Yeah. You know, guess what? We're not going to get um, this. We're not going to get Will Anderson, right? We're not, and, and we might not get Tyree Wilson. So let's make sure we get an edge in free agency. Or, you know what, we, you know, so like there are different things like that that they can help them in free agency if they know where they're picking. But then again, that's not a necessity. Certainly, just I could just see the benefits for it. Right. Uh, the, one of the big stories at the combine was the Jalen Carter situation. The you know for leading up, it was the, the consensus was Jalen Carter, Will Anderson. Those were the top two. It would either be Anderson first defensive player or Carter. And when it happened, I'm like, well, this kind of messes things up for the Bears at the top of the draft, and it changes a lot of things. And then I look at the calendar. I'm like, there's a long way to go until the draft, and We'll see how that all plays out, but how far do you think Carter drops in the first round after that news? Yeah, I I don't think he's going to go down too far. I mean, this is assuming that um, the, the legal, which obviously is an incredibly serious thing. Yeah. Um, but the NFL, right? <laughs> you know, even, you know, we've seen guys yeah. with, with, you know, with worse. Um <laughs> We've seen guys at his position. That's something that I had a couple of scouts talk to me about at Combine is, you know, the defensive line is a position where coaches might take the player who has the quote-unquote character uh, concerns because that's a position where you you want the guy who uh, you're not looking for uh, the valedictorian necessarily for the defensive line. <laughs> uh, to be, I, I guess, yeah, yeah. To, to use no, I know their, their, yeah, to use their kind of lingo there. So I, I yeah. think that, yeah, I guess what I meant is right when it happened, it's like you know this the the in the moment it's like oh, this is horrible and it is, um, but then in the football world it's okay. How does this affect things? This is really going to change a lot of things. And I'm like, yeah, and then I'm you know it's like you look how many weeks away we're out, we are from the draft, the dust settles a little bit, right? 
everyone kind of takes you know takes a step back and maybe things there's clarity to it or people just kind of are willing to overlook it because of the obvious talent and the impact player Jalen Carter can be. I I mean I don't think he's going to drop like deep into the first round. I still think he could be a, a top ten pick for sure, maybe higher than that. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the concern could be is, you know, when you're making a pick that high, especially number one, which is why I think he's, I think he's out of the question for number one. Yeah. Do you want him being the face of your franchise, right? Because when you make that pick that high, that guy could be your, you're building around him. You are putting everything into his basket. And, and he's the guy that you're trotting out there. Your social media team is, is talking him up. Like, he is the guy you are proud to have as part of your team. I mean, if you think, look, the Bears have had enough top ten picks in recent years. We know how this process works. Mm -hmm. Um, They come to Hallis Hall. There's the photo shoot. There's the press conferences. There's the radio row and and the car wash with the TV stations and all those things. And are the Bears the type of team that's going to have Jalen Carter be that guy? I don't think so. Um, and you can ask that same question about other teams. Obviously, there's going to be a limit, though, of how far somebody as talented as he is is going to drop. So I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I could still see him certainly going top 10, if not top 5. Um, I just don't know if that lines up with the Bears. I'll tell you this, too, Kevin. Some of the things I heard about Jalen Carter before this came out already had me doubting his fit with the Bears. Like There, there were some serious question marks about um, what, you know, not about his talent, or his size or anything like that, just about um, you know some of the intangibles, and, the, and that could not be the best fit necessarily with, with Matt Eberflus and the hit system and what the Bears are trying to build. Uh, to free agency, the big name out there, left tackle Orlando Brown Jr., who was not franchise-tagged by the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I think this is a guy the Bears should obviously be targeting, and even if it means pay, overpaying a little bit, I think I'd be okay with it because of the, the, the cap flexibility they have. It's going to happen sometimes where maybe you do overpay a little bit for a free agent, but anybody who's watched the Bears over the last couple of years, I, I would say the, the largest weakness has been that offensive line. I guess you can make a case for quarterback play, too. But I think that offensive line and defensive line, those are the two obvious big areas for the Bears. They've got to do something, Kevin, to sure up this offensive line, especially with Fields back there. How do you feel about Orlando Brown? Do you think that should be the top target for the Bears? Yeah, I'm really interested to see what they do with Orlando Brown because Ryan Poles knows a lot about Orlando Brown from this time in Kansas City, as he should. So, you know, what... You, know, his, you, you were going to know right away what his evaluation is, depending on what if they offer him anything and if they're offering him kind of what he's hoping for. But I'm with you too. I think that you look. You're always going to overpay in free agency, and for a premium position like that, I think you overpay. I think you can you can have a conversation about Braxton Jones and what he did last year at left tackle. I certainly think you could upgrade from that. But if you really believe that he's going to keep improving, you know, do you spend that money on a right tackle? Keep Braxton Jones on the left side. Uh, maybe bring in like a, a cheaper veteran that can be the backup that you can kind of step in there just in case. Um, a lot of this is going to go to that evaluation of Braxton Jones. Do they take that chance? Do they want the known commodity? But yeah, I'm with you. I think they they really got to do some things in this offensive line. I, honestly, you know, I, I you could you could seriously convince me that they need five new starters. 
Oh, hundred. I've been saying gonna... that, Kevin. I, I I totally agree. I've been saying that leading up to the season. I'm like, you could swap in five new offensive linemen, and what would be like? You couldn't get worse, in my opinion. You know, all due respect to the players out there, but like, come on, that you could completely rebuild that offensive line. I think everybody would be on board with that. Absolutely. I mean, the two guys that are the most likely to start. You're talking about a fifth round rookie, Aaron Braxton Jones. And a guy in Tevin Jenkins, who that was his first year at guard, and he's got injury issues. Like those are your two, you know, foundational guys. The offensive line, like they really got to seriously take a look at the thing every position. So that's why, like, I can see the Orlando Brown being possible. I can see them looking into that. Certainly, it, it makes a lot of sense. You could see if Braxton Jones works on the right side, or maybe Braxton Jones continues to develop and is still your future there. Um, so, you know, you just got to give yourself some flexibility. You got to give yourself some more options there. You know, you go back to you know that 2013 Bears team, second in the league in scoring, all five offensive linemen started every game. And the anchor of that group was a big ticket free guy, and that was Jermon Bushrock, the left tackle. He had a really good year that year. Um, you know, you go to the 2018 team, um, not as good on offense, but but obviously one of the better groups we've seen. Uh, and, and they had a lot of consistency up front. Charles Leno had one of his best years. By Massey earned a contract extension after that season. Um, Cody Whitehair went to the Pro Bowl as an alternate. So, you know, you look at the, the, the two best Bears teams, um, or certainly best offenses in the past decade, have had consistency um, and, and good depth. And, and a high level of play on the offensive line. So, you know, you got to find some anchors there. And, and I think free agency, there are, there are some options. They're not great options because if they were great, they wouldn't be hitting free agency. But Orlando right. Brown is probably the best of the group. Uh, any other free agent uh, names you want to throw out there, maybe that uh, aren't as high profile as an Orlando Brown or McGlinchey, somebody like that? Maybe, you know, linebacker situation, they could use some help in, in that department. We'll see what happens with David Montgomery, who all of a sudden is looking like the top free agent running back on the market. Uh, any other names, just in any position, that are kind of sticking out or make sense for the Bears? Yeah, well, uh, Draymond Jones out of uh, Denver, the, the three-technique defensive tackle, seems like he might get the biggest uh, contract as you look at his age. He's a few years younger than Javon Hargrave out of Philadelphia. Um, so he's somebody... Um, so look, because look, the Bears tried that with Larry Ogunjobi last year, and then he failed his physical. Mm-hmm. So you know, you could understand that why they'd want to go ahead and make another try at somebody else to be that three technique that they can have for the next five years and pay the guy a lot of money. Um, linebacker is a, it's a great point. I feel like we keep forgetting that if you're talking about three techniques so much, that this defense also needs a really good weak side linebacker. Um, Bobby O'Kerke is the name that's come up a lot. Uh, Indianapolis, so he knows Eberflus, he likes Eberflus. Um, I'm curious how much the Bears will be willing to spend because he seems to be potentially looking for a lot of money per year. Um, and, and, you know, or did the Bears think they could develop a guy at that position? So that's kind of a spot I'm curious to see how they handle it. You mentioned Dave Montgomery. Again, another one we'll learn a lot about Ryan Poles with that is how are you going to balance that? Dave Montgomery stands for everything you're looking for for your culture. His running back. And this is going to be his fifth season. And you have Khalil Herbert. You could draft the guy. You can bring in somebody else cheaper. So, But then again, you also have the cap space to keep somebody like Dan Montgomery. So why not? Right. Um, so that one, that one's going to be uh, one to watch because I think we've seen what he can do in this offense. But, you know, he's also, uh, there's a reason that we're having this conversation, right? It's not like he is, you know, he's not Saquon Barkley. 
right? <laughs> you know, you were never going to franchise tag David Montgomery. So uh, that one, you know, if you, do, if you move on from him, you probably do have to bring in some kind of veteran uh, to combat Khalil Herbert and then maybe a draft pick as well. I want to ask you just one more quick draft-related question, and I know Ryan Poles is big on Cole Komet. They said some good things about him at that end-of-season press conference. Komet has been good, maybe not as productive as we thought he might be, but that also you could factor into the offense he's playing in. And he could be in he could be in line for a long term deal. But I keep hearing how deep the tight end class is in, in this draft, and I realize this isn't a major top priority for the Bears with the amount of holes they have to fill. But w- is there a tight end that I don't know could fit a Bears knee later on in the draft deep into it that maybe stood out to you at the combine? Yeah, it's a great question because we I just don't know enough about like the evidence we have is the Bears don't think they need a second receiving tight end, right? I mean, if you're just going to base it on what they did last year, uh, they signed two veteran minimum guys. Um, they claimed Trevin Wesco off waivers, and they you know had two undrafted rookies and Chase Allen and Jake Thomas who barely played. So they just there was like no investment in the position. Look at what they were doing at tight end. They weren't having two guys running routes very often. If they had two tight ends in the field, it's because Ryan Griffin was blocking and Cole Komet was running a route. But I do think, as you said, it's a really deep draft. You need playmakers. You need pass catchers. You just need options for Justin Fields. You look. You saw the connection he had with Cole Komet. Maybe he likes having that six-six target. Um, Sam Laporta out of Iowa had a really good week. You know, he, he'd be an interesting guy. Um, uh, guy out of South Dakota State uh, who I put in my mock draft that's up at the Athletic. Of course, I'm blanking on his name, Tucker Kraft. Uh, another guy with a really good combine. Um, the key is going to be, though, is you know, this team is really emphatic on run blocking and pass protecting. So you need a three way, you need know, a guy in tight end that can do everything like Cole Komet can. Um, but I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm fascinated by the idea of taking one of these guys maybe in the fourth round or third round and you give yourself just another guy to work with, another guy that Justin Fields can gain a rapport with and, and just try to continue build this offense, uh, an offense that needs playmakers, just trying to find them wherever you can. Yeah, and speaking of playmakers, I know you had in, in your recent mock draft Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State, the wideout who obviously has experience with fields and put up, uh, from everything I read, Kevin, a monster um, performance at the scouting combine. And Lucas Van Ness, the edge rusher of Iowa, seems to be moving up everybody's board after the scouting combine. Did you get a good look at him? He seems like a, a monster is one way to put it. Yeah, yeah, Van Ness is, uh, you know, he looks the part, he plays the part. Um, you know, there were there were reasons that he did not start. It's kind of a weird thing. You know, how could this guy be a top 10 pick if he didn't start? He had seniors in front of him, but when he was in the game, he was really making an impact and rocking offensive lines. He could play inside if you need him to. He could play outside. Um, there's a lot to like about what he can bring. Obviously, you have the local connections from Barrington. So that's kind of a... You know, I mean, I don't know if, if that how much that matters when you come with the first round pick, but you know, Ryan Poles in the seventh round last year took a guy from Hinsdale right. um, at, at center, Doug Kramer. So that's something they ignore. Um, but yeah, I, I think Ben Ness is in that category with Tyree Wilson as kind of the next group of defensive ends, Ed Richardson. You know, we talk so much about the offensive line, but boy, does this team need. I mean, they need three defensive ends, probably, mm-hmm. yeah. um, this this offseason. I, I think you just have to almost start over there. You know, maybe Dominic Robinson becomes 
a, a good rotational guy, a good third down guy for you. But we also have to remember he's a fifth round pick who's a converted quarterback and wide receiver. So you got to give him some time. Um, but but I think that uh, that's a spot and that's a player that is certainly, as you said, moving up draft boards, um, you know, tested well, you know, physically has what 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 it takes for the position. You just have to decide about the production part. But you know, I, I think with that, that's a position where. You can be okay with the guy who didn't have a ton of production in college as long as he fits the traits you're looking for and showed up well when he played really good offensive linemen. Uh, last question, Aaron Rodgers. What do you think happens there? Well, as we're speaking, it sure seems like this Jets thing is going to happen, right? You know, it feels you that way. Never, yeah, you know, it's Rodgers, right? So you can never assume anything with him. Um, he just he, he operates differently. Um, he's a different kind of guy, and uh, it's it's kind of weird to me to think that like he, uh, the idea that he wants to be with the Jets, I and mean, I know Hackett's there, and and Robin Sally from all you know from everything I've seen seems like a coach you want to play for. You got the young receivers there. Um, you know they, they did some nice work on the offensive line last offseason, so I can see it. Um, uh, but it's just it's just weird, right? I mean, this guy's been the starter there since two thousand eight. Um, and uh, we we also we all know what he's meant to the Bears Packers rivalry. Um, but seeing a Jets uniform, it would just be odd. But uh, I, I can say this: it would be at this point, it would be stunning if he's still a Packer next year. I mean, there might be a parade from Bears fans through downtown Chicago once he actually leaves the Packers. It's just been a nightmare. It's been torturous for Chicago Bears fans during his his run with Green Bay, and. Uh, it looks like it might be coming to an end. Real quick, Lamar Jackson, that whole thing is weird to me. Uh, if a team signs him, they have to give up two first-round picks. That seems like a complete bargain for a guy who's in his prime, who has an MVP, can completely be a face of the franchise, uh, can probably immediately make you a playoff contender. What do you think is going on there, Kevin? It is strange. It's, you know, he's at 26 MVP. But, you know, there, there's this back and forth now, right, with the Justin Fields and the Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts. You can even throw Josh Allen in there. These quarterbacks who run, they're so dynamic. They do so much for you. It's changed offenses just in the past few seasons. But there's stuff that comes with that. And is there a ceiling there in terms of what those guys can do? And it, it, I, I just think, too, like, if you're the Ravens, what do you think is behind door number two? <laughs> if, you, right. if you're not ready to give Lamar right. Jackson what he's looking for, who are you going to bring? You're not bringing anybody better than right. him. Andy Dalton's so out he, there, Kevin. He could fill the void. Yeah, I just think that you know it, it's weird. I wonder if the, like the way that team is built, they have been successful with just about anybody, and they saw that with Tyler Huntley, and that maybe hurt Lamar Jackson's value in the building a little bit. Um, you know, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't like. You could run down the list of teams that should be jumping at that opportunity. Washington, Atlanta, uh, if the Jets don't get right. I mean, there's so many. I mean, come on. We've experienced in Chicago forever the nightmare that is not having a franchise quarterback. You can go get one if you're another team. I'd be first in line if I was a general manager and needed a quarterback. Detroit Lions. Yeah. If you're Detroit and you, you, you you saw where your team went last year and what you've got going there, I know Jared Goff had a good year, but that's a team to me to think like, wow, you put a little bit Lamar Jackson on that team. 
and, and with the draft capital they've got coming up, and, and where could they go? You know, Miami. You know, it was, they're worried about about Tua. Like, it's just you, again, you could just run down the list of teams that would benefit so much from Lamar Jackson. Another team that would benefit from having Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens. It would right. just continue to be a perennial Super Bowl contender yeah. as long as they're there. So it's a strange thing. But, you know, if you're a Bears fan, something to kind of keep an eye on, too, because mm-hmm. obviously this is a unique situation, Lamar Jackson representing himself. But, you know, Justin Fields, if he has a great year this year, um, look at his future, you look at how, you know, how much has he got to improve as a passer, right? Because I think that's, that's the thing that's just pulling Baltimore back just a little bit, right? Is, is, there, is he really the guy? Because right now, you know, if you want to make the argument, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, are you the best four quarterbacks? Justin Herbert's right outside that conversation. Where does Lamar Jackson fit? Now, if you're Baltimore and you want to be kind of picky and you say, you know what, I don't think that he can get us to that top four, so we're going to trade him. We're going to use this draft capital, and we're going to move up and get a quarterback we think can be that guy and, and take a shot. You know, I, I kind of can understand it from a roster building standpoint if you've made that decision. Um, and that that could be a decision facing the Bears in a, in a year or two. You know, look, the Bears would be in good shape. They'd be in great position if they're having this conversation, right? Yeah. You need Justin Fields to play up big numbers, but it, it, I think it's just going to be this this difficult uh, this challenge for GMs about these running quarterbacks and the sustainability of that and the potential of that and, and what a guy can do for you if he's not Mahomes or Burrow or Herbert or even Jalen Hurts. Um, so you, you just got to figure out if, if if your guy can't be in that top four, um, do you really pay him uh, the like the hundred? whatever, $50 million, um, or do you just take another swing at it, take another bite of the apple and try somebody else? Yeah, I mean, you know, that Deshaun deal with the, the Cleveland Browns really kind of changed everything, right? The amount of guaranteed dollars in that contract for a guy who didn't play for a year, who had all the off-the-field stuff going on. Kyler Murray gets a huge deal. If you're Lamar, you've got an MVP on your resume. Like, dude, good, get what you can, and you deserve it. So, I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. But you're totally right. If if Justin Fields checks a lot of the boxes uh, this upcoming season, it takes a big step forward. We're the ne- next off season. We're definitely having conversations about um, you know what he's worthy of when it comes to a, a contract as well. It's Kevin Fishbane covers the Bears and the NFL for the Athletic. Must read stuff. Got a new mock draft up uh, at uh, theathletic.com. And uh, go Cats, Kevin! Tomorrow night, Friday night at the United Center. I will be there, Kevin. Go oh, Cats. nice. Go Cats. All right, thanks for the time, Kevin. I appreciate it. And that's episode 62. So much to get to with the Chicago Bears. Plenty more to come over the next week or so with free agency beginning. Big thanks to Kevin Fishbane for his insight. Always great stuff. Thanks to Brian Altimer and Ernie Scatton for their help producing the podcast. And thank you for listening. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast. <laughs>